Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey everybody, my name is Corey. I'm one of the pastors at Branch Life. And no matter where you are today, whether you're watching online or you're streaming in your car as you drive, we just want to say thank you for engaging with today's message. We hope that no matter where you are in life, it will be an encouragement to you and that it will cause you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. We also want to challenge you and say don't leave today without taking the next step that you need to take in your faith journey. One of the ways that we can help you with that is if you go to branchlife.church, you'll find steps there on how to take that next step for you. Again, we're thankful that you've engaged with us today, and we hope that we'll see you in the weeks to come. Today at Branch Life Church, we're going to talk about forgiveness. It's a powerful word that's really confusing, and, and for you, you might think, well, forgiveness is just taking an eraser to everything that's wrong and that hurts and that pains and just erasing it. And and the problem with that is you think, oh, that means it's something that's really there and legitimate, it's going away. Forgiveness is not an eraser that takes things away. Forgiveness is a separation of those things. Today, we're gonna talk about the power of separating yourself from the hurts and the sins and the pains that are in your life. What has been done to you and what you have done to others. Forgiveness is an incredibly powerful spiritual word. And we hope that you will stick with us for week number four in our overflow series as we talk about the phrase, I forgive you. Hey everyone, welcome to week four of our Overflow series. We hope that you've been able to enjoy each of these weeks as we look at five powerful phrases. Week four means we're on phrase number four, and today's phrase is particularly powerful as we come into this incredible psalm that is going to teach us this overflow phrase. Each and every week we ask you guys, whether you're listening for the first time or you're here every week, to connect with us. And the way you can do that is on these response cards. So we'd love for you at some point to fill out this card as you connect with us. If you're a regular part of Branch Life, let us know how you're doing. And this is your first time, you can uh, just introduce yourself to us or just let us know uh, that you connected in this way and let us know where you're watching from. We'd love to see what areas of the country and the world are tuning in and connecting, whether you're live with us at our premiere or whether you're watching this at a later date on demand. Hey, we're just glad that you can be a part of it. And if you or someone you know has questions about what it means to be saved, to be a follower of Jesus, the gospel tab is always available on our website for you to look at 
and to work through or to pass along to someone else. Today, we're talking about a phrase that's directly connected to the gospel tab and to this incredible good news. And to help us better understand that, I want to introduce you to somebody named Sarah. Sarah Montana, in about the year 2000, was just living a normal teenager's life. She was uh, just living in the suburbs, had neighborhood where she was connecting with people. And she tells the story of this particular young man who lived in their neighborhood who occasionally would come over and raid their snack closet. And, and her mom was particularly compassionate on this young man because, you know, he had a hard life and he, he just seemed like he was always down and always a little bit discouraged. And so she would make sure that she waved to him outside and said hello. This particular young gentleman uh, somewhere in the, in the year 2000 came into their house unannounced around Christmas time. He was looking for something to steal. He wanted to sell it for cash and uh, to support his habit. And when he came in to steal something, he came across Sarah's younger brother and out of panic ended up shooting and killing this neighborhood, the, her brother, this neighborhood boy. He ran out and realized that he had forgot his coat and he turned around and came back in only to find Sarah's mother also there. She recognized him, he recognized her, and he made the choice to take Sarah's mother's life as well. In these short moments, Sarah lost both her mother and her brother. And Sarah tells the story of her multi-year journey and trying to understand how to react to this and and what to think about this neighborhood boy who had destroyed her life and, and was dominating her choices. And, and could she ever come to the point in her life, should she ever come to the point in her life where she could forgive him? Did he deserve it? What would it mean? What would it matter for her, this one person who destroyed everything? We've all faced hurt. We've all faced tragedy. We've all faced offense. We've all caused hurt. We've all caused tragedy. We've all offended others. And the power of forgiveness is the power of healing. Sarah talks about her journey to the point where she not only in word, but truly was able to understand and forgive this young man. And Sarah talks about forgiveness in these terms. Sarah says in her TED Talk, that broadcast on May 7th, 2018. If you're ready to let it all go, the grief, the pain, the anger, the trauma, I've got to be honest with you, all this forgiveness hype is legit. It's a 10 out of 10, five stars would highly recommend. Today, we highly recommend forgiveness. We highly recommend forgiveness to not only be a one-time event in your life, but a powerful pattern that overflows with a heart that's filled with forgiveness. Forgiveness that's come first from God and that you're able to give others. Today, we're going to look at Psalm 103 and study this together as we learn about this overflow phrase, I forgive you. And if you are a follower of Jesus, this phrase will flow freely and often from the overflow of your heart to the people around you. And it's legit. It's a 10 out of 10. It's five stars and we would highly recommend it. Psalm 103 is going to answer three forgiveness questions. And these are very common questions that you probably have about forgiveness and I know that I have had about forgiveness. So let's look at Psalm 103 together. 
I briefly want to read for you through this psalm, and then let's answer these three questions. Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. For who forgives all your iniquity, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, and so your youth is renewed like eagles. The Lord, he works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and the acts to the to people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion on his children, so the Lord shows compassion on those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it's gone and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. And on those who fear him and his righteous children's children, his righteousness to his children's children. For those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and the kingdom rules forever. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of the word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers, and who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in the place of dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We're going to look today briefly at these three questions. And you're not going to want to miss what we learn these answers are to these powerful questions with this powerful phrase, I forgive you. But before we do that, whether you're watching at a worship site with other people or by yourself, or you're listening on the podcast, today I want to invite you into a moment of worship where you spend time talking to God. Maybe you've talked to him a lot. Maybe you don't talk to him very often. But in this moment, will you talk to God? Will you, in the quietness of this moment, just reach out to him and say, God, talk to me today. Will you, will you show me something? Will you show me yourself? Will you show me the power of forgiveness? Lord, help me to understand my forgiveness and help me to understand the importance and power of forgiving others. God wants to talk to you in these moments. And in this moment, in this time, if you've prayed to him, we want to encourage you to, to have life change. So our first question that we're going to look at is simply this, does forgiveness work? I mean, a lot of people out there will say forgiveness doesn't work. Forgiveness doesn't do anything. It doesn't change anybody's behavior. There's no effect on anybody. It's just this meaningless, useless conversation. Now, there's a lot of people who have gone through the power of forgiveness, the path of forgiveness, and they, they'll highly recommend it. Sarah is exhibit A. And other people will push you to forgive when you go through bad stuff. Have you forgiven them yet? Have you gone through this? They'll talk about the Bible. They'll talk about religious stuff. And they'll say, hey, forgiveness is super important. But let's just ask the question, does forgiveness work? And here's the answer to that in Psalm 103 in verses 2 and 5. It's going to show us the power of forgiveness, exactly how forgiveness works. It's a pretty incredible thought. Look at Psalm 103, starting in verses 2 and 5. Let's remind ourselves of these verses. Forget not all his benefits. 
This is obviously talking about God. And when you're connected with God, there are some benefits that you get with God. And it's going to give a list. And we're going to look at that list in a second. And I'm going to give you just a little hint here. The, the order of the list matters. It's kind of a little bit of a stepping stone process. One follows the other and follows the other. Forget not all his benefits. Who? This is what God does. Forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with love and mercy, uh, uh, love and mercy, who stead satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Let's break this down, and I think you're going to be encouraged by it. Psalm 103, first, builds a, a pattern, builds some stepping stones, a stair, a ladder, if you will, with the first run, rung being forgiveness. Forgiving iniquity. So this is another way of saying, hey, forgiveness, does it work? What happens to it? Forgiveness is the thing that separates you from your iniquity, your wrongs, your trespasses, your sins. Those things that you've done that you're embarrassed about, those things that have happened that you're ashamed of, those thoughts, those actions that you, you did in the spur of the moment or when you weren't in your right mind. And you wish that you could go back and just change it. You wish you could kind of take it away. And there's, there's regret, there's shame, there's guilt. Forgiveness is something that takes those things, all of those things, and throws them away. We're going to see in a couple of verses about what happens with forgiveness. And it happens with the separation of all of these things. When that takes place, when the benefit of God comes in and you have been forgiven all your iniquities, it leads to a second benefit, healing from diseases. This, this first rung is an incredibly spiritual rung. Forgiveness as a term is a spiritual term. It's something that happens in your spirit. Now, you're more than just your physical body. You're more than just your mental thoughts. You are a spiritual being, and you have to take care of yourself spiritually. As a matter of fact, the theme of this, this series, Overflow, is a spiritual theme. Your heart is always filled with something spiritually. And when it overflows with complaints, when it overflows with bitterness, when it overflows with, with uh, any kind of, of words, that's a reflection on what's already happening spiritually in your heart. When it overflows with thankfulness, when it overflows with, with apology, when it overflows with praise, that's a reflection of your spiritual heart. Forgiveness is a spiritual activity that deals with the spiritual damage that's done by sin. The result is physical healing. There is healing that happens in your bones when you are spiritually in a healthier place. The idea and the power of forgiveness having an effect on your physical body is not something that is just recognized by believers. It's recognized by health professionals around the world. This publication from the Harvard Health Publishing, Harvard Medical School, uh, that was given to us in May 2019, says this. Practicing forgiveness can have powerful health benefits. Observational studies and even some randomized trials, so the scientific stuff, suggests that forgiveness is associated with lower levels of depression 
anxiety, and hostility. Reduced substance abuse or addiction. Higher self-esteem and greater life satisfaction. Does forgiveness work? Forgiveness and the practice of forgiveness is spiritually shown and scientifically proven to heal you from disease. Today, in our day and age, wrapped around these screens, we have a spike in depression and anxiety. Enter all of the stress of 2020, all of the frustration and all of the change and the suicidal thoughts and the addiction rates are on the rise. What is a remedy to these things? Forgiveness. Forgiving another person, the spiritual understanding of the power of forgiveness literally can heal your body. Psalm 103 goes on to the next run and it says that it redeems you from the pit. Well, man, what in the world does this mean? The benefit that God gives, starting with forgiveness that brings healing, redeems you from the pit. Redemption is a process that comes through the power of forgiveness. There is a truth in every single one of our lives that all of us need to be forgiven from something. Every single one of us, whether we want to admit it or not, have done something. We've, we've crossed the line. We've missed a mark. We've made a poor choice. We've intentionally or unintentionally hurt someone else. And we need to be forgiven. The Bible says very clearly that everyone has sinned. Last night, we had a, a, one of those weird out-of-body out of experiences. I was talking to my seven-year-old son who had started asking questions about salvation and he started asking about sin. And I said, Will, do you ever do anything wrong? And he looked in a sheepish smile and goes, um, I don't, I, yeah, maybe sometimes. And I said, well, well, like, what's something you do wrong? He goes, um, I, I don't know. Maybe get mad at my friends. I'm like, yeah, yeah, get mad at your friends. Did you ever disobey your mom and dad? He's like, yeah, yeah. Did you ever uh, not do something your teacher told you to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we just started talking about this stuff and we're like, Will, you, we probably do something like that every day. He's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, do you know who else probably sins every day? He goes, who? I said, your mother. And he looks over at mom and goes, what, mom? And she's like, yeah, I sin every day. All of us do things every day that require forgiveness. And because all of us have sinned, because all of us fall short of the glory of God, and we were all born in that state, we are on an eternal destination to the pit. The Bible says that everyone will spend eternity somewhere. And the difference between spending eternity in hell or eternity in heaven is a simple matter of forgiveness. Have you accepted the forgiveness that God gives to you when he offers you the free gift of salvation? When God forgives you and separates your sins as far as the east is from the west, he solves the problem of payment for sin and he redeems you from the pit. He buys you from the path of hell and puts you on the path to heaven. It's a powerful truth of forgiveness and it's offered to you freely if you have not yet asked God to forgive you of your sins. Tell him that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you and accept this free gift of salvation. You can do that. You know what? Will did that last night. My son, my son decided to follow Jesus. He decided to ask God to forgive him of his sins. And if Will can understand it, so can you. 
And there's no sin that's too bad. There's no, there's nothing that's so wrong that God can't forgive and separate you from what we all deserve. So have you had that moment yet? You can look at the gospel tab if you have more questions about that. And we'd love to invite you into that conversation. The fourth part of the rung, the benefit of forgiveness, then follows the crown of love and mercy. God puts on to you, those who are forgiven, a crown. He decorates you in love and mercy so that when he sees you, he sees you as someone that he loves and has mercy on. And you look through the eyes of forgiveness to other people. When you, when you come in contact with others and you haven't forgiven them, it doesn't go love and hugs and kisses. It goes angry, mad, and upset. It goes silent treatment. Down the road, get past as, as quick as possible. Awkward. God says that's not how he sees us. Once forgiveness has come in, he sees us with love and mercy. What would you rather have from a friend? Someone that you can embrace and hug and, and be grateful for their presence or someone that you're mad at and you, you want to push away? I think we'd all rather have relationships that are hugs, not pushes. The next part is it says that this, it leads to those being satisfied. God, the benefit, he satisfies you with good. He then does good things for you. There's good that comes and God allows you to live a good life. There's goodness that is presented. And in the power of forgiveness, you have access to this incredible goodness. All of this sums up in this verse, in this powerful verse, Psalm 135, so that your youth is restored like eagles. Simply stated, God wants you to be able to fly like an eagle. Forgiveness gives you the power to soar. Forgiveness gives you the power to soar. Does it work? Yes, it works. Forgiveness frees you so that you can fly through this life, that you can have uh, healing, that you can be redeemed and have eternity in heaven, that you can be seen and see other people with love and mercy, and that you can have goodness in this life. You can feel young again. Forgiveness is the fountain of youth, and it enables you to soar. That's just the first question that we see in Psalm 103. Question number two that we answered today in this beautiful psalm is, is forgiveness just? I mean, doesn't that person deserve what's coming to them? If they made their bed, they should lie in it. I'm not the one that's going to let them off the hook. You don't know how much they hurt me. We've all got these stories. And I bet you there's somebody out there who's got a story that's worse than yours, that's been hurt deeper in your way. And there are very real hurts that are represented in these conversations. You have been hurt. And you have been hurt in ways that are unforgivable. I have met people that have been through abuse of every kind. Sexual, physical, verbal, emotional. I have met people that have lost everything because someone else decided to drive drunk. We've met people who have intentionally been railroaded or damaged by someone else in anger. Is it just to forgive those people? Don't they deserve punishment? Don't they deserve the consequences of my wrath? Did they hurt my friend? Well, don't they deserve to be hurt then by me? Psalm 103 verse 6 makes a powerful promise that answers this question. And this is the promise of justice for all. The Bible promises that there is justice for all. 
and that what we deserve, the justice that is out there is coming. Here's the verse and here's where the promise comes in. It's a quick verse and we could easily pass by it, but man, it's powerful when we answer the question. It says, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. It is the Lord who works justice for all to those who are depressed. So how does forgiveness come into connection with justice? How do we reconcile these two things that seem to be opposite? Am I not letting it go if I forgive? Am I not just saying, pretending like it never happened? That's not how forgiveness works. Forgiveness in God's master plan is somehow related, is married to this incredible promise that God will still work justice for all. So when you forgive, when you go through this powerful practice of forgiveness, you are making God the judge. You see, when we decide not to forgive someone, we stand in the seat of judge, jury, and executioner. We're the ones that say you deserve what I am feeling and what I decide to give you. But when we forgive someone, when we have been forgiven, we are now saying to God, God, you are the judge. You are the one that I am resting in to give justice in this situation, in this power. Forgiveness gets you out of the way and allows God to be the judge. Now listen to this. I don't want to be the one that's judged by God. I don't, God is the one that can pour out retribution. He is the one that I fear more than you. The Bible says, if God is for me, what can man do to me? But what happens if God's against me? What if God is calling out judgment and wrath and anger on me? God will be the judge and pour out his wrath on those who are deserved. Now, if you're tracking along, you may have a, a, like a follow-up question, and we love follow-up questions, and you might say, all right, Josh, but isn't God just going to forgive them like he promised to forgive you? Isn't he going around forgiving everybody? That's for God to decide. Yes, God may forgive them if they ask for it, if they fear God, but he is offering that same forgiveness to you. And God in his justness and his fairness and his righteousness is allowing all to come to be forgiven. But God also promises that there are consequences to action. There, there are consequences to choices. And that God is in the judge business. God says, it's for me to have revenge, not for you. Let me be the one who revenges the wrongs of this world. And if God's coming to give revenge, then I don't want to be in his way when that happens. God is a God to be judged, and I'm going to let him judge and take care of justice. So forgiveness is not unjust. Forgiveness is allowing God to be the one who dolls out the justice. So maybe you're all in. Maybe you're ready to say, all right, forgiveness, this is, sounds great. It sounds really good. If it means that God's going to take care of the wrongs, then I'm in. I want to be forgiven. I want to forgive others. So how do I do it? Sarah in her TED Talk famously said, there's like 60 plus verses that talk about, that use the word forgive and another 60 that talk about forgiveness. And they all say it's great, but none of them say how to do it. Let me point you to Psalm 103 that's going to help us answer the question of forgiveness and it's going to give us the practice of forgiveness. So how do I do this? How does it work? 
How do I forgive someone? Maybe you've been out there and you've been struggling to forgive this person. Maybe you decided that, that what that person did is unforgivable and they don't deserve it. And today you're willing to give it a, a second glance. You're willing to say, all right, maybe I have had the wrong posture. Maybe it's been eating at you and weighing you down and you're just ready to soar. How do I forgive someone? It's written for us here in Psalm 103. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, and this is one of the most beautiful passages in all of scripture. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. And here's the key verse about the practice of forgiveness. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. God has given you a physical representation, every single one of us, an example to follow about how to forgive, about how to allow our sins to be thrown out from the east to the west, about how to pour out that same forgiveness on others. And he simply says, forgive like a father. Forgive like a father. Man, there is nothing like fatherhood. Pastor Corey just had their third child, Carter Ryan, welcomed him into the world in this last week. You may have seen those commercials on TV where you're standing in the red dot and you're holding the baby, you go, I'm there, I'm there. And this new life is the most precious thing in all the world. There's nothing like daddy's little girl. And no matter how old they get, no matter how big they grow, no matter how much time goes on, they're always your kids. They're always the most precious and the most valuable thing to you. Dads never stop loving their kids. Maybe you're here today and you're like, all right, I didn't have a great dad. He wasn't an awesome father. Then think of the best dad that you know. There are no perfect dads in this world. There is nobody that perfectly demonstrates this principle. But of all the characters and in, in, in all the relationships that God could pull from, he said, hey, forgive like a father. And dad will always find a way to help their kids. And they will always have arms open wide for restoration. Why? Because they're dad. When it comes to you forgiving someone else, how do you do it? You do it like a father would forgive another. In the Bible, there's a famous passage in Luke chapter 15 that tells the story of a father whose son abandoned him. A father who, who had everything to give and his son demanded that he take his inheritance early and he went and he wasted it and he embarrassed his father's name. He wasted all of his money and he found himself at rock bottom. And this son, after months and possibly years of destroying his life, of disrespecting his dad, is doing everything that he was taught not to do, comes crawling back to his father, only to find that his father is waiting with open arms to receive his son in a full embrace and to throw him the biggest party in the world because he loves his son and he forgives his son. That is how our Heavenly Father loves us and that is how God asks us to love others. How do you forgive? You forgive like a father. You forgive in the same way the father has forgiven you. One of the most powerful princ principles about forgiveness 
is the idea of seeing it from the other person's perspective. You have been forgiven by God if you've put your faith and trust in God. God has forgiven you of everything you've ever done and everything you ever will do. And when you're thinking about the practice of forgiveness, I want you to think about the practice of putting yourself in the other person's chair. Right now in this very moment, I want you to think about a person that would come to your mind that you need to forgive. The hardest person for you to forgive. Who is that? Who is that in this moment? Someone that has made you angry. Someone who keeps, keeps you up at night. Someone who you've put on a list and packed in the back far shelf and you never want to think about them again. That name that's coming up, I want you to think about that person. Now imagine that there's two chairs. You're sitting in one and there's an empty chair in front of you. And imagine that that person is sitting in that chair. What would you like to hear from that person? What, what would you like to say to that person? Why have you hurt me? I wish you wouldn't have done that. Why, why couldn't it be different? Now in this moment, as you sit face to face, I now want you to get up out of your chair and I want you to put yourself in the other person's chair. I want you to see the situation from their perspective. I want you to see and think about what they are thinking and feeling. One of the most powerful realizations in Sarah's story was when she realized that this young man who had killed her mother and son was still a person, that he had thoughts and emotions. He had a story. There was a reason that he had gotten to the place that he had gotten to. She saw it from his perspective. You have been sitting in the other person's chair and God has looked at you and he has forgiven you everything. Are you now able to forgive the other person everything because you've been forgiven? The famous Thanksgiving cartoon from the Peanuts is the Pumpkin Patch cartoon. And Linus likes to go to the Pumpkin Patch and he likes to wait for the great pumpkin who's going to come and bring toys and candy to the most sincere kid in the most uh, sincere Pumpkin Patch. And he he talked uh, his friend Sally into coming to the Pumpkin Patch in this famous cartoon and she doesn't go trick-or-treating. No, no. Instead, she goes to the Pumpkin Patch and she waits with their friend for the great pumpkin to come and give them all the toys only to realize that the great pumpkin never showed. And trick-or-treating came and went and Sally was out in the field with Linus only to get nothing, nothing. And Sally reacts in anger. Linus, how could you do this to me? I'm going to sue. I should have been getting my candy from trick-or-treating, but I missed it all. I need some retribution. And in this moment, shaking Linus, she throws retribution to him and just, just demands justice. What Sally isn't able to do in this moment is understand that she has also made a mistake. That she is seeing Linus and she's seeing it from not his chair, but from her chair. He didn't want to hurt her friend. He is just as disappointed as she is. So how can she come to the point of being angry and upset to being forgiving and loving and kind and merciful? 
Matthew 18, 21 goes through this incredible story where an individual comes up to the king and he begs for forgiveness. He owes him a great sum of money. And the king looks at this, at this citizen and he says, you are forgiven your debt. I forgive you your sum of money. Now go from here forgiven and your debt is paid. And the man walks out into the courtyard only to find another citizen who owes him a small sum of money. And he runs up to that guy and he says, you owe me money. You owe me money. How dare you not pay me back? You give me my money. I'm going to throw you in jail until I get all my money back. And the king hears about the man who had just been forgiven so much, not even being willing to give someone else a break after he had been forgiven. And in anger, he throws that man back in jail because he wasn't able to understand what he had been forgiven. Listen, how do I forgive? You forgive like a father, and then you also understand that you forgive because you've been forgiven. Put yourself in their shoes. And know that you can be give, you've been forgiven everything so you can give someone else forgiveness. This has been an interesting week in the journey of the Ashwood fires. 50 families lost everything in these fires over two months ago. And here at our, our home church, we've been walking together with many of these families and built close relationships with them. Just this week, charges were pressed against one young lady for intentionally setting this fire. Could you imagine knowing that everything you own was burned because someone started a fire doing something they shouldn't do? As we've been working with these families, we now find everybody in a different situation. Not only are they someone who's survived a fire, they're victims of a crime. They've intentionally been victimized. Now, how do they react? How do you process that? What do you do with this person that used to be your neighbor that is now charged and, and has been arrested and is responsible for the fire that took everything in your life? Well, my friend Shannon posted on Facebook a powerful post that talked about her journey in forgiveness in this very situation. Shannon says this, trust me when I say I wanted to retaliate. In some manner in the weeks following the fire, not going to lie, I wanted to choke her. How many of us have been there? We've wanted just to get revenge. We've wanted to, to let our anger be known. We've been wrong. But that was my flesh rising. And I am no longer that person. I strive every day to live my life by the Spirit and to the glory of God. I truly believe that God prayed me through that firehouse. And when I prayed that we need to forgive her, because I know I'm not there yet, but I know that I am called to do so. 30 years ago, I was an addict myself. And if I didn't come to know Jesus 28 years ago, I could easily be her. A lot of you know my story, and some of you may not. My life wants to see God glorified, and I will continue to pray for her to come to know his love. I will pray for my friends and for my neighbors that we all might find comfort in him. And I will pray that one day, I will choose to forgive because I know it's not a feeling. If it wasn't for God, we all could be the other person. We all could be the offender. We all could be the one that's causing pain and harm. But because of God, we have been forgiven. And now we can offer that forgiveness to others when we put ourselves in 
their share. Forgiveness as a process comes first mentally. First, I make a decision to forgive because I know I should and because I know it's right, but it also is emotional. I make a decision, I, I make a decision that my feelings must follow, that my heart must change. And the decision in our mind can be the easier of the two steps in the process. But to feel forgiveness, to be able to emotionally allow someone else to be forgiven is a much harder challenge. How do we get there? We get there by a heart that overflows with the forgiveness that God has given us. We grow ourselves spiritually. We dig into our relationship with God and then our emotions follow. The process of forgiveness is a powerful process that will enable you to soar. And when your heart is filled with God spiritually, you're able to say the phrase, I forgive you. Today, as you respond on your cards, we'd love to hear from you. If you have someone to forgive, you can say, uh, you can just note in that, pray for my forgiveness journey. And if today you're ready to be forgiven, go to the gospel tab and let us know that you've accepted Jesus, that you've prayed for forgiveness, and that you know that you now stand forgiven by the grace of God. We want to invite you back next week as we go into our fifth and final week in our overflow series, and we'll learn about our fifth powerful phrase that overflows from a heart that's filled with the love of God. Have a great rest of your day.